was chilling. Truth. That's why I just tried to murder my mother. I didn't feel that I had to face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. Next time you see me. Let's clap again, dude. Take two. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Buck. Noish. Okay, take two, everybody. So welcome to The Chilling Truth. I am Corey. That's Johnny over there. We're having a bit of technical difficulties, so if this sounds a little rushed at the beginning, we are sorry because we just read all this. (laughs) Because we've already done this. All right. We're going to do it again. All right, so last week... Uh, we left off with the trail of Julie, Sylvina, and Carol going cold. They had a few leads, but nothing was really panning out. So the FBI uh, and the detectives really had nowhere to turn. Carrie Stainer, however, didn't get his fill from killing these women, so he would soon be committing another murder, which is what we're going to be picking up today. Uh, today should be the finale of the series. We're going to talk about Carrie's fourth murder, the capture, confession, his obscene request from the FBI in exchange for his confession, and we'll also talk about trial and conviction. So let's jump into uh, Yosemite Park again. Been here for three weeks now. Okay. All right. So the murder we're going to talk about today is the murder of Joey Armstrong. Joey was an outdoors woman through and through. She was staying in a rustic cabin inside of Yosemite. Uh, the cabin's name was the Greenhouse in the Meadow. So I imagine it was a lovely cottage with zero amenities, zero water, completely yes, off the grid. <laughs> Because her and her roommates uh, had only paid uh, a single dollar each year to live in this house. Um, I would kill for my rent to be a dollar a year. Yeah, that'd be very cool. Um, so but yeah, she also that, worked at the park, so... Yeah, that, that helps. It's a huge perk of the job. So she had her dream job teaching children in the park about nature and animals in the park. <clears throat> uh, Joey had never stayed in the cabin by herself, though, uh, overnight. Uh, but the second week in July, one of her roommates was going out of town. The other, who was her fiance, was taking a group on a wilderness trek. Uh, and uh, for those who don't know, uh, some of these treks or like like pack trips can take like days. Like I mean, you're hiking into the wilderness with a guide, and you're you know. Yeah, he was gonna set, he's gonna be gone for a minute. Yeah, so. Uh, Joey decided to go down to the Bay Area to stay with a friend. Um, But in between everyone leaving and her heading down to the Bay Area, she would be spending one night alone in the cabin, and it would be her first time ever. Um, Which is unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate any time we talk about someone being murdered, but the one night where she stays alone is the night she's killed, which is uh, uh, bad timing, I guess. Yeah. So, Joey failed to show up at her friend's house, of course, so her friend called the police. Rangers showed up at Joey's cabin and saw her front door was open, her stereo was still playing, and her truck was in the middle of being loaded. So. And it was 1999, so I bet she was listening to, like, Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or, I don't know, something like that. Everybody yeah. likes those bands, right? Well, well you looked it up uh, on the first take, with the, the two songs popular <laughs> in 99. Uh, Top song, top rock song of 99 was Scar Tissue by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, and we're not going to listen to it because I fucking hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Scar Tissue. California. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway. Uh, I mean, I bet she was jamming some some scar tissue living in the wilderness. Who knows? Maybe, dude. Who knows? She might have been a country fan. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, it's Yosemite. She could have been li- listening to, like, indie rock. Whatever whatever indie was in the, in the late 90s. But uh, I'm assuming, dude, I'm surprised uh, Prince didn't make that list that you just looked up. Do you remember The Last well, Night of 1999? Songs. I feel like it was played no. enough to, like, take up the whole year and kick anybody's ass that was played as far as numbers. but um, Or spins. But the night, uh, like New Year's Eve night, for like 24 hours straight, they played Prince's Party Like It's 1999 on MTV, like on a loop. I was like eight years old, so I didn't really oh. know. Oh. I was just stoked that I got a PlayStation for Christmas. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't get a PlayStation. I, I sat on the couch and watched the same damn music video for 24 hours. I don't know why it was so <laughs> well, captivating, I mean... but yeah, I'm sure a lot of people did that. But yeah, I watched. <laughs> I didn't watch it for the full 24 hours, but... I watched the same music video way more times than I should have in a 24-hour period, for sure. Yeah, I think if you watch any music video, it's more times than you should because there's Spotify and all the streaming services now. Well, it's different time, video, I don't know how long. Yeah. yeah, of course. Well, let's pick back up with the murders. So, more Rangers. why we're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not a, a top 40 podcast? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think we're a Flashback Friday type oh, got of it. rock and roll <laughs> podcast. Oh, <man. laughs> So more rangers, uh, Maybe sh- one day. Sh- they showed up and began searching, and at about 1.30 p.m., a searcher found the body of a woman partially submerged in a creek. At first, they, uh, they didn't really think it was going to be Joey, but they couldn't tell. Uh, she was missing the head, so there was no head. Joey was clothed, Yikes. but her pants were undone, and her bra had been pushed up over one of her breasts. Uh, and then on Friday, July 23rd, it was brought to Reinick's attention that Carrie Stainer was a witness in the murder of Joey Armstrong, which is I, uh, I I think her, her pants being undone and her bra being the way it was, I think is pretty indicative uh, that this was a uh, sexually motivated crime, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to take your shirt off or pull your pants down to, like, steal your wallet. You know what I mean? It's not necessary. Yeah. Unless anyway. you're wearing one of those uh, wallets that tourists wear up on your under your breastbone, then you might have to remove the shirt. But she wasn't a tourist, so that cancels that mm. uh, logic out yeah. of there. Let's Pretty. move on. It's fine. Uh, so on July 24th, <laughs> July 24th of 1999, uh, a call came to Reinach from the night security guard at the FBI saying his partner, his partners Ken Hitmeyer and John Bowles were looking for him. Uh, Reinick got in his car, reached his partners on the radio. They said they were checking out a lead on a possible witness who was at a nudist colony in Laguna del Sol in Sacramento County. Uh, Carrie came on the police radar quickly because a neighbor of Joey reported seeing an SUV with a very distinct uh, paint job near Joey's home the night she was killed. A baby blue international scout with a white stripe. A park ranger also reported giving a ride to someone who had the same vehicle who claimed it had broken down. The ranger took him to the Cedar Lodge where Carrie said he lived. Uh, it's actually pretty funny because in the book, uh, Reinick and his wife, I guess when this happened, like he had been working like nonstop and all this shit. And so they had planned like a romantic getaway for that weekend. Uh, and then obviously he got the call so he couldn't do the romantic weekend and he was like I, he was like I wonder how my wife would feel uh, that I abandoned our romantic weekend and I ended up at a fucking nudist <laughs> colony 
well. Probably not too stoked. No. <coughs> Pardon me. So, well, after Reinick arrived at the nudist uh, resort, an em- employee came up and told him the, the man he was looking for was in the restaurant eating breakfast and he was wearing clothes. Which I think in the nudist cu- culture is the only way to determine if someone is a criminal. Because, see, in the clothed world, a naked person running around is usually some type of criminal. But in the nudist world, it's the opposite. But I feel like it's harder to be a criminal while nude because you can't really carry any weapons. You can't carry a gun unless you, like, stick it up your butt. And then, like, the barrel of it, you know, make sure the safety's on. Of course. clench your butt the whole time. Clench your butt. In the butt. Maybe just mm. in the butt cheeks. I don't think it would work. Them together. You gotta have a pretty... You gotta have a dump so, truck to do that, though. You gotta have a nice butt. You gotta be juicy. In the butt cheeks. Gotta be a really small gun. You gotta have a Johnny butt because he rides a bike all the time. So we talked about that on the Donner. Yeah. Or the episode that you gotta I gotta have a butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I got a small booty, dude. Fuck. Like I got no butt, dude. It's almost concave. It's probably awkward looking when I'm. Well, remind me not to ever trek across the country in the 1800s with you then. Yeah. 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 So. Something else the staff did to help was when they found uh, found out the FBI was coming to look for a murder witness at, at their resort, they blocked all the exits to prevent Carrie from attempting to uh, uh, fleeing, basically. After picking Carrie up, Reinick drove him back to the FBI field office. Carrie had plenty of opportunities to, just to leave uh, if he had the desire to. He was left unsupervised multiple times because he was believed to be nothing but a witness in the murder. They even ordered him a pizza like because Reinick... They had left so early they didn't have a chance to eat. Carrie was eating breakfast when they came upon him at the nudist colony, so no one had a chance to eat. So they ordered a fucking pizza. And they didn't even know that this is the dude they've been looking for for fucking God knows how long now. And it's going to get real fucky here in a minute after this polygraph that he that he wanted to do. Right. <laughs> so Roddick did want to get a polygraph done on Carrie. But after waiting for the polygraph examiner, Carrie said, let's skip the polygraph. I'd like to speak to Jeff alone. Which sounds strange to be like, let me just talk to this FBI agent alone real quick. Yeah. So Reinick went into the room to see Carrie slumped over and he said, Jeff, I'm a bad person and I've done something, some really bad things. He went on to talk about how he had terrible obsessive thoughts about molesting or even murdering prepubescent girls. Stainer said he was molested by an uncle the same year Stephen was taken. Carrie told Reinick, I can give you closure on this and more. Because on the car ride from the resort to the field office, Carrie and and Reinick had talked about closure uh, and things like that. And Reinick was telling Carrie how he had gotten closure on some of the cases because, you know, they weren't or he had not gotten closure on some of the cases he's worked because they weren't solved and no justice was done. So Kerry was telling him he could give closure to him on the Joey Armstrong case because he uh, was was going to confess. He was going to let him help let him solve the crime. But right now, Reinick only thinks that he has information on Joey's murder, which we're going to see in a little bit. He has information on Joey's murder and Julie, Sylvina, and Carol because I mean, he did him. Not a spoiler. You guys already we already you already know. He's the one that did it, so. Well, Reinick walked out and told his partner he thinks Carrie is going to confess to the uh, to killing Joey at that point, but he wanted to confess to more as well. Carrie had mentioned he had an uncle that was murdered and the case was never solved when he and Reinick were driving to the field office. Reinick 
thought this was the more part of that uh, promise. Now this is f this is fucked right here. This is when I told you guys he has an obscene request to f in exchange for his confession. So Ronick went back in and asked Carrie what he meant by more. He asked if he meant one more, and Carrie replied with more. Ooh, sends a fucking chill down your spine, dude, thinking about being in that room with him, and he's like, more, more, more. Ah, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. So, so it's just, just more. So this, this floored Reinick. He asked if he meant the three tourists. Carrie slowly nodded his head, yes. Carrie stopped there. You know Reinick did a fucking backflip in his head. He's like, I fucking got him. I fucking got him, dude. Yeah, dude. I bet that felt good. So, Carrie stopped there and then told Reinick he wanted something from him in order to get this confession. Reinick assumed it was taking the death penalty off the table or something like that, but what Carrie requested was so out of left field it surprised this veteran FBI agent. Uh. <laughs> he said to Reinick, I want to see pictures of little girls. <laughs> like, do I? Reinick responded with child <laughs> pornography? Question mark. <laughs> he, he, he didn't want to call it that, so Carrie replied with, you know, pictures and videos of little girls. Carrie said something along the lines of, what's the harm in showing me a little child pornography if you get the confession of four murders? Dude, I, we have covered so many people. We have covered so many disgusting, horrible <laughs> monsters. I've never heard of this type. Like, listen... No, 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 hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Hear, hear like, <laughs> no, man, you're... F but the the thing is, is like, even if he didn't confess, there's still tons of fucking physical evidence, like... Come on, you got me, you got me, you know, like, no harm but no foul. the thing is, Carrie's a fucking moron, so we're gonna say he's, he's fucking stupid. <laughs> Yeah, well, yes. Obviously, Reinick could not and would not do this for Carrie, but instead of getting upset, he told Carrie he did not have the authority to pull something like that off, so he would pass it along to his superiors, which I would totally do that. Like, I'll run it up the fucking... I'll run it up the ladder, and he's like, oh, okay, boss, sounds good, boss. Yeah, I'll tell you what I know now. You fucking idiot. You showed your hand, I'm not gonna dude. do it, but I'll definitely run that by my boss. He's gonna get a good kick out of it. So... It was later found that Stainer's father had been ordered into therapy for molesting his own daughters. Carrie himself started peeping on this same uh, on on this same sister who had already been molested by her father. So he would peep on her and molest her when she was ten. A cousin on Stainer's uh, uh, on Stainer's side uh, of the family. I guess. A cousin of Stainer. That's a typo. A cousin of Stainer. <laughs> So a cousin of Stainer said he spied on her, um, his sister, and a neighbor, girl by hiding, uh, um, hiding under their bed and videotaping them in the bathroom. Someone else said the child sexual abuse was like a fa a family sickness because it had been happening for generations. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. It's horrible, uh, but still, I don't not an excuse. Yeah, but that's how it is, man. It's a chain reaction. Most most people that sexually abuse or rape or molest, some fucked up dude like did that to them. I'm not saying it happens every time. Sometimes we're just fuckheads for no goddamn reason. Well, not us, but other people. <laughs> but statistically, I would say that 
most people that are fucked up in that manner, uh, they were raised by someone who was fucked up in that manner. So Yeah, it's just a cycle that keeps repeating and repeating and repeating until somebody's, you know, willing to break the cycle. So, uh, in order to find out uh, if Carrie was really the killer and not just some creep trying to give a false confession in order to see child porn, which is fucking odd way to... A lot of hoops to jump through. <laughs> like, that's a lot of steps. <laughs> yeah. How am I going to look at child porn without turning myself in? So, uh, Reinick went on to mention the word, uh, the word bank. The work Dude, bank? Dude, I'm gonna... If I was there, I would hit you. You know it's supposed to be word. You know it's supposed to be word. I have bank in quotation. Why? What Obviously, am I fucking supposed, supposed to do to with word. that? I'm sorry in the 30 pages of the script <laughs> I typed, I had a couple of Look, man, mistakes. just don't make the error and then you can't blame me. How's that? Whatever, dude. Your FaceTime is fucking up and I can't even well, hear you. Well, you know, I thought there was, like, autocorrect and shit. Like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? I said your FaceTime is fucking up, and I couldn't even hear you just now. Huh? That's okay. I think my mic's getting it, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, it is, I'm sure, but I'm going to turn my camera off as soon as I figure out how. Okay. So, so Reinick went on to mention the word bank, trying to see if Carrie would realize he was talking about the calls made to the bank to try uh, and... Uh, fucking read it. Read the sentence. And get Carol's Thank debit you. card. <laughs> so <laughs> Carrie had no idea what Ronick was talking about. Carrie said he didn't use any of the cards. He claimed he threw them uh, all out of the window. So Ronick tried something different. He asked Carrie if he'd ever done anything anonymously. Without hesitation, Carrie said, wrote a letter to the FBI. The letter had never been made public. I think, honestly, who's failing me the most is fucking Google Doc because it didn't let me know that that sentence was fucked up. It'll let me know when I type a sentence and it sounds right to me, but it's like a little bit wrong. But if that one's all fucked up and it's like, okay, cool, I'm just going to let you look like a fucking idiot. Anyway, fucking... So Reinick thought that he had his guy at this point. Wipe that fucking smile off your face. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Wipe that fucking grin off your face. Don't look at me like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah, I can't. It's stuck. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, there's no okay. typos of this one. Okay. So, first, Kerry went into his murder of Joey Armstrong. He started this confession by talking about Bigfoot. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot. Oh, man. Yeah. And for more on Bigfoot, we did. Uh, we talked about Bigfoot a few episodes ago. So. Yeah, you can go learn more about that and, and Johnny's expertise on bears. So go check it out. Yeah, which is like uh, absolute zero. So be prepared to be disappointed. Hey, man, I did. So I did talk to a listener and he said he learned something through the bear suit, the bear corner that we did. So you taught somebody. Oh, no shit. Yeah. It was probably something you said then. So <laughs> there. Yeah, may, may, maybe what not to assume about bears is <laughs> what he learned part. from it. <laughs> So there was a barn near Joey's home, and Carrie claimed he had seen Bigfoot near this barn before, so he went to go check it out again one day, and that's when he saw her. Carrie later told Reinick when he saw Joey, he knew what he was going to do. And that's a really quick 
flip from I'm going to walk in the woods and try to find Bigfoot to I'm going to rape this random woman that I see. So uh, he had a couple of screws loose, I'd say. Yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) A few. So to make sure she was alone, Carrie walked past her house up the street towards the barn and then back and engaged in conversation with her. Uh, He spoke with her uh, about how long he's been coming to Yosemite uh, how he'd always noticed the house and wondered if anybody lived there. Uh, all the while, he was moving closer and closer to her physically. Uh, he told her uh, he had seen Bigfoot in the area and asked uh, if she or her roommates had seen anything suspicious or uh, relatable to Bigfoot. Once COVID is over, maybe some so. single guy out there could try that line at the bar and be like, hey, so uh, seen Bigfoot in the area? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Joseph. And he has like his elbow up on the fucking bar. And she's like, get this fucking guy away from me. <laughs> oh, shit. So he, so he also asked if any of them were around. She said no one else was home. Uh, when she turned her back for a moment, Carrie pulled out a gun he had in his waistband. He shoved her into the house and bound her with duct tape. She fought back pretty hard, even tearing through the uh, the binding twice. Oh, man, which so. I'm sure made him feel like such a little bitch because, you know, this dude needs control. You know, he felt like a fucking little bitch boy when she kept fighting him off and tearing through the binding. Yeah, dude. So eventually he grabbed her by the arm and walked her out to his truck. He lifted her up, put her inside and tried to cover her with a sleeping but bag. Given, uh, given how much she fights so. inside the truck. I'm pretty sure he had to throw her in the truck because there's no fucking way she's going to get in there on their own, which which says a lot about Carrie. I mean, majority of rapists say if the woman puts up a fight or shows she won't be an easy target, they tend to give up and just move on. I mean, these guys are fucking losers. You know what I mean? Like, they're fucking pieces of shit. If there's any type of problem, they give up, they move on, you know? Um, in, in the case of attempted rape, that's great, but, you know, Carrie had his mind made up what he was going to do, and uh, and he was going to do this. And I'm sure it also right. had to do with the fact that he was uh, in a secluded area. He wasn't in, you know, like outside of a building on the street or in an alley or whatever, you know, like he, there was, he knew there wasn't going to be people around. Right. Well, especially in Yosemite. I mean, plenty of, yeah. you know, acres to. Oh, do it's vast. It's incredibly vast. No one would know. So Carrie said he had initially planned to just take her somewhere and sexually assault her. He drove and she kept fighting. She was kicking, trying to sit up and simultaneously ruining Carrie's fantasy and challenging his control. Uh, He pulled out a knife and threatened her with it. She still fought. And after about 200. (laughs) Like, dude, if she wasn't scared of the gun, why would she be scared of the fucking knife? Yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. So she still fought, uh, and after about two to three hundred yards, she managed to lunge herself out of the window. Uh, she hit the yeah. She, she was not yeah. dude. She hit the she she was trying to fucking live. So she hit the ground, got up, and started running. Stainer slammed on his brakes, got out, and gave chase. And then he caught up to her. But by this point, his fantasy was all but destroyed. Uh, he did the only thing he could do to gain control back. He took out a knife and slashed Joey's throat. And that's the thing about Stainer was he wasn't the type of killer or sex offender who just wanted the violence. Like, he really wanted to feel as if these people loved him and wanted to be with him. Contrary to someone like Bundy, who needed the sadism and aggression and the screams and shit to get off on his kills, Stainer needed the opposite. He needed them calm and, like, so he could pretend that he wasn't just a fucking, you know, 
fucking loser. Right. Well, after after he sliced her throat, uh, he drug her body further into the brush, then ran back up to his truck to park it, uh, because at this moment, he was still sitting in the middle of the road. He ran back Which down. It's a telltale sign that someone's doing something fucked Yeah, dude, like, I'm doing, I'm busy here! So he ran back down. <laughs> he ran back down to the creek and decapitated Joey. He then dragged her down, uh, uh, dragged her headless body down into the creek and then tried to hide it. Uh, when asked what he did with the head, Carrie said, Just looked at it a couple of times. Didn't do anything with it. Basically, just kind of amazed at what i just done. What a fucking... Carrie then admitted he had not seen Bigfoot in the area and that he was out on the hunt. What? No, he didn't see Bigfoot? He didn't see him? Oh, man, he really had me but, going with uh, that the, one. The, I mean, <laughs> the fact that he felt like he had to say that. Like, he could have just... Like, yeah, like, no one was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cut her head off, you know, whatever. You had the head. Let's get back to this Bigfoot thing real quick before we get too far away from it and we lose the topic. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I was just bullshit. Rennick slams his hand down. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I thought Bigfoot was there. You know, Bigfoot? What kind of idiot believes Bigfoot? <laughs> Jeez. I didn't think she was going to believe it. That was dumb as shit. When, uh, when he saw Joey, he had found uh, what he'd been looking for. So Ronick asked Stainer if he had a kit with him that day. Uh, he said he did. It was in his backpack, which is why he didn't want to turn the bag over to the police when they questioned him. <clears throat> At uh, 25 miles per hour lake. Yeah, it was a lake that was like right next to a 25 mile yeah. an hour sign. They're not very creative okay. up there. Yeah, so he had a gun, a knife, uh, a roll of duct tape, and a camera on him. Uh, by this time, Reinick was exhausted, and they hadn't even talked about the, sound, uh, the son Peloso murders yet. He left the room and then spoke to one of his partners, who told him the attorney general confirmed what Reinick was expecting. They would not uh, be able to meet Carrie's demands, of course, with the child pornography. Yeah, I'm going to file that under no fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell, tell him we can't. Tell him, tell him no. <laughs> Like, I don't even know why you asked uh, me. You could have just told him that I said no. You kind of woke me up for no reason. Yeah, yeah. So this upset Carrie, and Roddick told him they had enough evidence to put him away for the tourist murders. So he told them they had DNA uh, from the letter, too. And then Carrie told him that... My DNA isn't on the letter. And he said it like that, like real condescending, like, hmm, I know that I know something you don't. Yeah. And then he went on to say... Let me put it this way. My handwriting is not on the letter. Fucking idiot, dude. Fucking loser. So since they were already talking about the letter, Carrie decided to tell Reinick how the letter was written and didn't contain his DNA. It's actually kind of interesting. Um, he said he learned this knowledge from TV shows and movies. Uh, and not only did he do all these steps, Johnny's about to list, but on the notepad he threw away, he had written some random words on the page... He tore out so that the indentions would be on the page below uh, if the FBI if, if the FBI did find the discarded pad. So he kind of had a little bit of knowledge of stuff, um, but then it come to find out that uh, he says he learned it from shows like CSI. So, yeah. <laughs> well, he went to Modesto. He bought a pen, notepad, and the envelope for the letter. Then he threw out what he didn't use so it wouldn't be found in his possession he altered his handwriting, which was uh, what he meant when he said his handwriting would not be on the letter. 
Then he paid a... Yeah, yeah. He put the pen in his mouth and wrote it like a horse so that they wouldn't be able to detect that it was his handwriting. Right. So then he... <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, then he paid a kid at Jack in the Box $5 for a saliva sample he said he was going to use for a paternity <laughs> test because he didn't, res- he didn't want responsibility of the child. Uh, he then used that... Uh, that saliva to seal the envelope and stick the stamp. This dude. What does it say about that kid? It's like, yeah, man, I'll spit in your hand for five dollars. <laughs> yeah, bro, five dollars. I'll spit in your face for three. <laughs> hey, man, so, I can get five fucking tacos now at Jack in the Box. Fuck you. Yeah, dude, dude, I will hockaloogie and spit it right in your mouth, dude. I'll give it right to you, dude. Okay, let's let's calm down a bit. <laughs> Dude, I'll get I'll get freaky with it for five dollars, bro. <laughs> so then, then Stainer started to go into detail about the Sun Peloso murders. He started the story off by saying he was at his girlfriend's house with her two daughters. He then confessed that they were uh, his intended victims. Stainer said he had been calling her because he was feeling lonely, but he had no answer. He said he had an on-again, off-again type of relationship with this woman, but he didn't really like her. Uh, What he did like was her two daughters, aged 8 and 11. Uh, When asked by Ryan what his fantasy was with this little family, I don't know why you would ask him that. He said, matter-of-factly, kill the mother, rape the daughters. Like, uh, I mean, I get it. You're trying to get, like, this (laughs) fucked-up, like, confession... That's going to be a hard job. But like, you got to get it on the record is the thing. That's the problem. But I'm not asking questions to like to answers I already know. It's oh my god, dude, just hanging out in that room. Anyway, I mean this is really common among molesters. I mean they're awful with relationships uh, with adults, but if those adults have children, they'll seek out those specific adults as a cover more or less to get closer to the children that fit their pedophilic preference. Carey specifically admitted he was only with the mother in order to get to the daughters, and when he would be having sex with the mother, eh, you would be fantasizing about the daughters, which is uh, probably the only way he could get his uh, useless little soft dick to even get hard. Um, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, we get the we, we get it. Okay, so Stainer said he didn't want to have sex with the mother, but when talking about what he wanted the daughters to do, he said... Force them to have sex with each other, all kinds of things. That is a quote. <laughs> all kinds of things. And then he said, "Jesus." He said he intended to kill them after he was done. Uh, he had plans to carry out this murder, but some outside forces prevented him from doing this. Uh, so frustrated and flustered, he went to the Cedar Lodge to soak in the hotel hot tub. He saw it was dirty, so he cleaned it. But by the time he was done, the pool was. Uh, was closed, <laughs> so he decided to take a walk around the hotel. Which I'm sure just made him more um, frustrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, at this point, he's worked up. He was he was so close to murdering his girlfriend and and her daughters that night. So, for lack of a better word, uh, he had blue balls. You know, uh, He had been waiting to carry out this plan for so long, for as long as he could remember, and when he got close to carrying it out, he couldn't. It's like... You go to McDonald's, okay? You're real thirsty. You get a soda from there, and you know their sodas are the best. You're excited to take that first sip, and you feel that burning in your throat from the carbonation. You bring the straw to your mouth. You've been waiting for this drink all day, right? And then the straw touches your lips. Anticipation's running through your body. You get that first initial suck. The liquid's working its way with the straw. You feel it splashing into your mouth. You finally taste it, and it's fucking flat. No carbonation. 
you just going to go home? No. You're going to go back, and you're going to get another soda, and you're going to tell them carbonation's out. So fucking that's how he felt that night when he was close to committing the murders, and uh, and he couldn't. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, nothing, no comment on on that? Yeah, it does suck. A little different. Yeah, well, no, I know the feeling that you just described. Yeah, I mean, you've had that happen. Everybody's had that happen where the carbonation's out and your soda tastes like shit. So, so I guess I can relate to Carrie. Um, because of that. So thanks, man. Yeah. Carrie walked over to the 500 building, though. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to breeze past my terrible analogy that, like, equates it to fucking buying a soft drink. Okay, yeah, no, let's move on. No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so this motherfucker walked over to a building, right? So he walked over to 500 building where, where the, the trio were staying. You could also uh, say it's like a girl trio. says she's going to give you a blowjob and then she decides not to. It could also be like that. Say that again? Like if a girl says she's going to give you a blowjob and then like she decides like she doesn't want to or like she's tired. So I guess it could be equated. It's blue balls. You guys know what I'm talking about. Come on. You guys know what blue balls are. I don't think. Oh, anybody. yeah, dude. Everybody with a penis has, has experienced that. Uh, whether you've ever had sex or not. I mean, I feel like that's just a thing. So. Um, and it's not when you punch yourself in the balls. That's a whole different fetish that you don't want to get into. Well, so anyway, so he walked past room 509 and saw into the room through the curtain. And he saw Julian Silvina in bed watching TV. And then. To his good fortune, he saw Carol in the other bed reading a book. Uh, he had missed his opportunity earlier that night, but now he had his redemption. He said he didn't. Uh, he hadn't seen another man in the room, so they were, uh, quote-unquote, vulnerable. Yeah, and there were only two other cars in the lot, so the other room had four women in it, but Carrie had seen a man going into the room uh, uh, on another day. So being the little bitch that he was, he didn't choose that room. So lucky yeah. for those women, but uh, maybe it's a good idea for all women to just invest in a male real doll and just take that with you and you can just prop it up inside the hotel so if someone's peeking through the windows wondering if you're alone you know you got that realistic looking doll in there with you but what's weird is he had the master key from the pool uh he had gone to the office to get it and now he would need it. he would need it for room 509 but he didn't want anyone to think he had it if his crimes were discovered because he's a master of manipulation and disguise, obviously. He didn't get caught real quick. Uh, so he went back to the office and pretended to drop it in the box. Uh, then he went to his room to get his kit. Then when he went to the room, instead of using the key, he used a ruse to to gain entry. So I don't know why he didn't just use the key. I guess, I, I don't know. He's a fucking moron. Um, I guess the electronic chip, it can count how many times you've entered and exited the room. Maybe I picture it as like a turning, like a key, but I guess, yeah, it would make sense that it's like a chip, like a card. Yeah. That's like a key card. I don't know. Well, Carrie went back to 509, knocked on the door and told them, uh, uh, told the women he was investigating a leak in that wing. Uh, but to not raise suspicion, he had already knocked a few other doors nearby. Yeah. So he made sure that they, so. So, I mean, Carol, she was, I mean, man, bless her heart. She's being a great mother here protecting these these kids. 
When he told her that she was still suspicious of Carrie and it took a lot of convincing to get her to let him in the room. He told her he told her if the leak was going into the sheetrock, they'd have to move rooms. But if not, they could stay there. She still argued back with him and eventually he said he'd go get the manager if she didn't let him in. So finally, she relented, let him in. Uh, in no way am I saying that she's to blame in any way for this. He's a, he's a manipulator. You know, he's really good at fooling, you know, fooling the people around him. So, I mean, she's it's right. no fault of hers. Well, Stainer went into the bathroom to check the vent, quote-unquote. He even pulled it down to make it all seem legit. Then he came out of the bathroom after a few minutes with the element of surprise on his side and a lethal weapon. He then told them the same thing he had told Joey, uh, that he was desperate needed money. Carol went for her purse, but Carol ordered uh, Carrie ordered her back to the bed. Uh, he bound and gagged her and then did the same with the girls. Then he carried the girls to the bathroom. Uh, he put one on the floor, one in the bathtub. He then went back to Carol and tied her hands to her feet so she could not fight him off, uh, kneeled on her back, and strangled her to death with a rope. And he said he felt nothing when he killed Carol. No emotion, no sexual charge, nothing. He literally said he killed her, quote, nonchalantly. You know, it's real casual. Has khakis on. Real casual killer. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. So then he carried Carol's body out to the car in a sheet and put it in the trunk of the rental uh, that he had. He went back in the room to the girls and brought them out of the bathroom. He cut their clothes off, which left little pieces of fabric on the floor on the hotel room, which perplexed detectives in the initial investigation. He had planned to have sex with both of them, but realized Sylvina was on her period. He tried to make them have sex with each other, which was his fantasy, but Sylvina refused. Carrie found her tears annoying. Uh, uh, Carrie found her tears annoying, <laughs> uh, and the the fact that she was on her period a turnoff in his own words. So he took her to the bathroom and strangled her to death with the rope. But I don't get it. Like you're willing to murder this woman, cut off another woman's head. You want to rape all these girls, but a period is where you draw the line. Yeah, like, I mean. I don't get it, dude. Like, how can you chop someone's head off with a knife, but then you see a girl in her period and you're like, that's icky. Yeah, obviously gore is not an it's yeah, not it's a just, He's a fucking weird yeah, little pussy weird. is what it is. Yeah, but... Okay, let's not get that graphic about a little girl's vagina. Um, no, no, I said he is a weird pussy, not... Don't, okay, don't twist this around like I said something inappropriate. <laughs> that's what i heard i don't know maybe the audio is fucked up on my end yeah maybe the mind hears what it wants <laughs> so shit so he then went back into the bedroom where julie was uh but he heard Sylvina making noise in the bathroom he went back in to find her still breathing he told reinick he thought she was pretty much dead uh, but this didn't stop him from putting duct tape over her nose and mouth until she stopped breathing completely uh, Stainer then went on to sexually assault Julie for hours, but he still had his limp dick issues and forced her to accommodate him uh, at every turn. At one point, Julie asked to go to the bathroom, but Carrie remembered Sylvina's body was still in there, so he took her to the room next door and used his master key to open it. Then he moved Sylvina's body to the trunk along with Carol. He then gathered up the woman's luggage 
and other belongings to make it look like they had checked out. And everything he told Reinick matched up with the scene, even down to the placement of the VHS tapes that the girls had rented that night. Right. Then he left with Julie. He wasn't ready to let her go yet. Uh, since she cooperated in his head, she meant something to him now, and he even said <clears throat> that uh, he had loved her and wanted to keep her, quote-unquote, but he had no place to do so. Uh, she was still nude, of course. God, can you imagine being so pathetic, dude? Yeah, so she's not wearing any clothing. Wrapped in a pink blanket from the hotel room, she had her seatbelt on but was only bound loosely by her hands. Uh, when Stainer stopped at the office to drop off the master key, Julie stayed in the car. This made Stainer think she really liked him and wanted to be with him, of course, because he's a fucking idiot. Reinick thinks Stainer was lying. Yeah, he's a fucking pathetic little man. So, yeah, so uh, Reinick at this point thinks Stainer was lying uh, and that in reality Julie was probably bound by her legs as well, so she couldn't run. I don't know, man. You never you never know. She's more than likely in shock. She's scared as all hell. I mean, she's a child. She, let's not forget that she is a kid. You know, I mean, she could have been loosely bound but was still too scared to run. And, I mean, she saw Carrie. He's an adult. She's a kid. You know, he said stay, so she... You know, I don't know, man. You can't ever assume that you know what you would do in that situation, no matter who you are. No, but that's a logical theory, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a kid. Yeah, you can scare them into not moving. They're still trying to process shit. So, Stainer drove to a trail he knew of, stopped alongside it, laid out in the pink blanket, laid out the pink blanket, and then placed Julie on top of the pink blanket. He assaulted her one last time, told her he loved her, then took out his knife and cut her throat. Uh, then he rolled her body off the side of the hill until it got caught in some brush. He spread her legs in a sexually suggestive way, the same way he did with Joey's, removed the duct tape from her hands, and then threw his knife as far as he could down the fucking hill. Then he went back to the car to dispose of the other two bodies. Um, he cut the he cut the woman's clothes off and put them in a pillowcase from the Cedar Lodge. He drove and was planning on driving the car off of a, a dock into the water, uh, but there were fishermen nearby, so he couldn't really do it unseen. This is where he threw the pillowcases away. He then found where he was going to burn the car. He parked, wiped the car down with uh, gloves from his kit. Uh, his final thing was... <laughs> Like, you're going to set it on fire. Why are you wasting time wiping and cleaning it off with the fingerprints? You're going to set it on fire anyway. Well, the final thing he did was take out a pocket knife and carved, We have Sarah on the hood of the car. Yeah, but it was so badly burned that they couldn't even see it. So they couldn't tell. And I'm assuming he was doing that to elude you know, um, the police to make them think that I don't even know what he was fucking thinking. It just sounds stupid as shit. Well... Carrie's confession was complete at this point. He later went with Reinick and other FBI and local police to walk them through the crimes at the greenhouse, the bridge, the hotel, and the trail. Eventually, he went to trial and pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity because of the history of sexual abuse in his family. And ultimately, though this did not work, he was charged with four counts of uh, first-degree murder for Joey, Sylvina, Julie, and Carol on August 27th of 2002. He was sentenced to death, and as of November 2020, he was awaiting his death 
on death row in San Quentin prison in California. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Rest in piss. This dude is a fucking monster. I'm glad he's going to die. Uh, I'm glad he's not on the street anymore to do this horrible shit to people. Um, sucks what happened to his brother. That's obviously unfortunate. Um, but Carrie sucks. He's the worst of the Stainer brothers, I'd say. By far. Yeah. So they never found Joey's head, right? No, they did. It was nearby. They they found it. He didn't like take it with him. I just didn't put it in there. I just forgot to type it up. But yeah, they did find her head. Was it like, like as far as like what? I mean, what, could they tell what kind of like ridiculous shit had been done to the face, or did he just kind of look at it like he said he did? I think he just looked at it. He didn't go all Ed Kemper on it. He didn't like sodomize it or anything or whatever the fuck. No, he didn't perform. Didn't make the head perform fellatio on him like Kemper did. Nothing no like that. Fil-H. No fillage. No fillage. No. Okay. Let's not talk about fillage of a severed head in a funny way. <laughs> oh yeah. How old was Joey? I forget. Yeah. Uh, she was in her twenties, I believe. I can't. Okay. I can't exactly remember. So it wasn't that shitty. Okay. It's still rough, but she looked. <laughs> the thing was, she looked young, so he felt she was younger than she really right. was. But anyway, yeah. that's the Stephen and Carrie. Or what the fuck? That's the Stainer brothers. Um, of course, we've got to end it on that. Yeah, we've got to end it all fucked up because we started all fucked up. <laughs> dude, this is such a chore. <laughs> yeah, dude, this has been a nightmare. I'm oh, glad it's the end of the fuck. series. Uh, we got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, I found a few more books. We figured out what we're going to do for episode 100, but we're going to keep you guys in the dark about that because uh, I just think it's more fun that way. Uh, it's a very heavy hitter, I will say. I'll give you that much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you can follow us uh, on Instagram at How the Dad's Chill at Johnny Two Jokes. Follow the show at The Chilling Truth Podcast on Instagram. Uh, go leave us a review on iTunes. Rate and review. It helps other people find the show. Helps us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, that kind of shit. Uh, you can still go get a shirt. Uh, link is in our Instagram bio. We've sold one so far, which is cool. Um, but yeah, we got a couple designs up there that I did. I thought they were pretty sweet. Go pick one of those up, and uh, we will be back next week. So we'll catch you guys on the flippity flip. Later. Later.